Judges, the sixth chapter, verses 11, is where we're going to start. We'll end up round about Judges 26, 21. Amen? The title of our message today is Learning to Be Bigger Than Myself. Learning to be bigger than myself. In order to be bigger than ourselves, it's going to be a learning process. And the note here is that we're always trying to accomplish a mission before we become large enough to handle the capacity thereof. I'm going to say that again. I'd like for the church to play close attention to what God is trying to to bring forth. Once again, we as human beings, we're always trying to accomplish a mission before we are adequately capable to handling the capacity of it. We want more and more in life because we think it makes us bigger and bigger in life. But the fact of the matter is is that we don't quite have, a lot of times, the capacity yet to handle the weight of it. Make sense? So we're going to talk about this guy named Gideon today. The word Gideon means warrior. God has placed a warring spirit in all of us. Do you agree? If you don't agree, then the Bible says, tells us in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 3, 2 or 2, 3, it tells us that we are to endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. That means that we are warriors, right? A soldier is a warrior. Now, here's the thing. All of us got Gideon in us. We got that war spirit in us. We were designed for war. We were. We were actually designed for spiritual warfare. We were. Now, God didn't save us just to to be saved. See, when he saved us, it started a war. And we're always talking about what the devil is doing to us, but you see, we're the ones that drew first blood when we got saved. So here's the thing. Learning is a process, right? Learning to be bigger than myself. That's what it's all about. But here's the problem. We've got the warrior, and then we got this other thing in us that I call the grasshopper syndrome. It's the old me of little faith syndrome that we have and we place ourselves in a cocoon and it when we do that it makes us small so now we see the giants in our life and we see it as giants and we see ourselves as grasshoppers amen are y'all with me so it causes us to back up instead of going forward so what we got to do is learn to be bigger than ourselves amen you beginning to catch it so here's Gideon, right? Here's Gideon. And his name means warrior. 
warrior. And here this fellow is. A messenger comes to him. Tell him about some things. We're going to get to the text in a minute. But here it goes. A synopsis of what's going on here. Gideon had a poor outlook on himself. He was dealing out of the grasshopper syndrome. He didn't know who he was. He was small in the sight of the Midianites. The Midianites means strife in our life. How many of us back up when strife hit us? If the right thing hit us, we'll run like a scarlet dog and run in a hole. Right? Let's just be honest about it, right? Mm -hmm. So here's Gideon. He's supposed to be a warrior, but he hiding. He hiding because of the Midianites, those strife and that confusion that comes in our life sometimes. So God comes and he sends a messenger. And he calls this man that's looking like or feeling like a coward. He calls him a mighty man of valor. Oh, that ain't working out too well with him, you see. Because here he is, he's feeling like a grasshopper. And then somebody come along and give you a, thou mighty man of valor. You're a warrior. That don't fit well. So the thing is, before I get into the text, we've got to take the grasshopper syndrome, the old me of little faith mentality. And we've got to place it on the rock of Christ in order to get bigger than ourselves and become that warrior. Does it make sense? Let's go to the book. Let's go to the book. You see, first of all, 1 John 4.4 says, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, right? So that which is inside of us is greater than that which is outside of us. But the problem is, is that we've taken on that thing outside of us and made it who we are on the inside. And it has diminished us. But God said, now, greater is he that is in you. He's talking about that war spirit that came through Christ. See, we've got, yes, we've got this great war spirit in us, but we've got to tap into it. And as long as the world, we keep cramming ourselves with the world, we keep diminishing the power of the warrior in us. Make sense? So we've got to remember that God said, Great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then he goes on here and he says, Now, look, we're always trying to accomplish a mission before we become large enough to handle the capacity of it. You don't have to put this scripture up there. I don't think we have it. But in First Chronicles 4.10, there's this guy named Jabez. And Jabez said, In Lord, oh, if thou would just bless me indeed, O oh Lord, and enlarge my territory. In other words, let me become or let me learn how to be bigger than myself. But at the same time, now, you got to bless me with the ability to handle the capacity of the greater you because it comes with a price. So, learning to become. Mm -hmm. Learning to 
become, process. Inasmuch as received him and believed on his name, they were given the power to become the sons of God. Process, process, process. Learning is a process. And it's a process that we don't always like. Amen? Come on, you can be honest with me. Great is he that is in you. So he said, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my territory. Learn me how to be bigger than myself. Because myself got a habit of telling me that I can't take them giants. But God said, yes, you can. But you got to tap in to what I've placed in you before you can handle it. You've been trying to handle it on your own and not realizing it. You've been praising me and you've been worshiping me, but you haven't tapped into me yet. And when you really tap into me, then you'll understand the bigger you. And you'll understand that you can take them giants. Amen? Yeah, you can take them. Judges 6, verse 11, starting at the 11th verse. Put it up there, please. We see here that there came an angel of the Lord, and he sat under an oak tree. He didn't sit under a pine tree. He didn't sit under a bramble bush tree, which represents sin. He didn't sit under it. He sat up under an oak tree, which represents strength. And that oak tree that he sat under was in a place called Oprah. Now, Oprah is a town that's in Benjamin. And Benjamin means son of my right hand. It's the side that we receive from God, okay? So. The, the messenger that came, he came in the strength of God, sat under the oak tree, and that place of strength was in a place called Oprah because it wouldn't have done no good to bring it if who he was bringing it to wouldn't accept it, right? So it's got to be received, right? That's why Oprah is involved in it because it means the place where I receive from God, the son of my right hand. All right. Now, it's going to take some convincing, right? Because when the angel talks to him, he, he don't see himself like the angel seen him. Now, this thing called the oak in Oprah, it pertains to Joash, the Abezrite. And that means... This thing is given by the Lord's help. See, that message is given by the Lord's help that the angel brought. And it's brought in to help us, right? So watch this. And his son, Gideon, look what Gideon was doing. He was threshing the wheat by the wine press. Now, and he was hiding it from the Mennonites. Now, watch this. Now, Gideon is a warrior, right? But look what he's doing. He's hiding, right? What is he hiding from? The strife and the confusion in his life, right? Now, he's threshing wheat. Wheat represents the word of God. Threshing means that he's beat down in the spirit. You ever been beat down in the spirit? 
You ever gone through some things and you, 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 you just, it ain't there. It ain't there. So he's hiding, right, because he don't want the Midianites to take what little spirit he's got left. Because, see, he hadn't tapped into who he is yet. Just like we haven't. We're learning how to become bigger than ourselves. We're not there yet, y'all. But we're learning. Amen? We all agree with that? All right. Now, watch this. Now, Gideon is there, and he's hiding. And he's got a little bit of spirit left in him, a little bit of word. But it's not strong enough to deal with what he's up against. You know. Have you ever been to a place? And somebody see you, and you're supposed to be a man or a woman of God, and somebody that you done talked to God about and see you at your worst. Yeah. And now that little bit of spirit in you ain't strong enough. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I got to talk no more about that then. Make you feel that small, don't it? Because uh-huh. we don't never know who's watching us. So these million nights, they coming in, strife, confusion. And that's their job, to keep havoc going all the time. But verse 12 says that, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Uh-huh. Then he called him what? Thou might man of valor. See that? Now hear this grasshopper syndrome. This one is saying, Oh, me of little faith. And now you saying the Lord is with me? And not only are you saying the Lord is with me, but you calling me something that I don't even know that I am. You calling me a mighty man of valor, but I'm feeling like a mosquito over here. And I'm hot. Well, y'all know what I'm talking about. You say, because the many are nice, they just keep coming. You know. They ain't going to stop coming. We just got to learn how to deal with them, y'all. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to stop coming. You just got to learn how to fight them. And me too. I'm, I, I am not excluded. Trust me. This, this thing comes from above, flows through me, tears me up, and then it tears you up. It's, it's designed to make us all see. So here he is. He calls him a mighty man of valor. And like I said, in 2 Timothy 2.3, he says, tells us to endure hardness. See, he, he, he tells Gideon, Gideon, it's like the Gideon and us, he's saying, we have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So there's some endurance involved in learning this thing, correct? All right. All right. Verse 13. Watch Gideon. Man just told him he's a man of valor. The angel just told him also. The messenger of God just also told him that God was with him. But he goes to arguing with God. And he goes to arguing with the messenger. He says, oh, no, my Lord. He said, if the Lord be with us, he goes on and he says, then why is it all the has befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of the world, Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the many at night. How many times have God came to our rescue 
And soon as we're faced with a little bit of something, we forget about all he's done for us. And we go to crying instead of fighting. That's exactly what we do, right? Same thing he did. See, we, we, the, the, the characters in the Bible, ain't nobody but us. You got to find yourself in here. You got to find where you are with this. Some are further along than others. But all of us have fallen short. And you can see everybody in there except Jesus Christ who have fallen short of the glory of God. Ain't another one in there. No matter what, I don't care what you say, your heroes and all of that, there ain't nobody but just like us. The Bible says Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed earnestly that it didn't rain and it didn't rain. But he was just a man. Remember, he became a coward too. Just from the word that came to him from Jezebel. Just had killed 850 prophets, 400 of Baal, and 450 of the prophets of the grove, or, or, or reverse that. 850. Just had killed them all. Then he got afraid. Well, it's just like learning to become bigger than myself. When you look at Joshua, the fifth chapter, verse 13, that's not on there, so don't worry about it, video room. When you look at Joshua in the fifth chapter, verses 13 through 15, you'll see Joshua, they're getting ready to take Jericho. Jericho is a walled up city. I mean, it's strong. Jericho means fragrance. It, it, it represents your soul. Right? Now, until you break the bottle, you can't smell the fragrance, right? Until your soul is broken, God can't smell the fragrance, right? Watch this. Because he, he, he deals, he dwells, he loves a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That's what Isaiah says. Now, when you look at this and you see that when they come, and Joshua, they get up to this place called Jericho, the walls of Jericho. And there's this big angel. And he got his drunk, he got his sword drawn. And he's just looking at him. And Joshua asked him a question. He said, Is you on our side? Or you be against us? The angel said, I ain't on neither one of your side. I'm here to do the work of the Lord. That's what he said. See, we've got to get to that point where we don't take sides. You understand? See, one thing I know about being an apostle over the House of Destiny International is you cannot have favorites. What you tell one, you need to tell the other. What you do for one, you need to do for the other. What you don't do for one, you ought not do it for the other. Just stick with the book, whether they like it or not. If you're wrong, you will be corrected. And that's just all there is to that, because that's what that word is for. Amen? You see, it's too many preachers scared to correct the body of Christ. And that's why it's running rampant. If they know you're a snowflake, then they're going to treat you like that. But if they know that you're a man of God and that you're a warrior, then they're going to submit one way or the other. Because you can't be in God's house and be a renegade. You just can't do it. So that's what's wrong with the church now. They're losing their authority. Why? Because of leadership. All leadership got to do is go by the word. And I'll guarantee you, they'll find themselves fighting God and not you. 
Mm-hmm. You, just, you just tell them what the words say. That's all you got to do. Because if you're about God, you, 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 you don't mind getting corrected. But if you about the devil, then you're not going to like it. You're going to have a problem with being corrected. Because you think nobody ain't supposed to. That's witchcraft. A rebellious spirit is a sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. Yeah, you're dealing in witchcraft. Well, can't nobody tell you nothing. Am I in the house? Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he said, now, look here. He said, now, in that same verse, Judges 6, verse 13, about the middle of the verse, he said, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, the world? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the many nights. See, sometimes we just feel that God has delivered us into strife and confusion. But you know what? Most of the time, we reign on ourselves. I guarantee you. Verse 14 said, And the Lord, watch this, And the Lord, he looked upon him. Mm-hmm. He looked upon him. And what did he do? And said, Go in which might? This thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? So he said, Now this is what happened. The angel, when he looked back at him, that means that he took notice of him. And when he took notice of him, he gave him the instructions on what to do. He said, look, you go and deliver Israel, okay? All right. He still ain't there yet now. He ain't ready to do all that now. Because remember, he's trying to grow from being a grasshopper. To a warrior. He can't do that overnight. You know, he can't do that overnight. So in verse 15 it says. Mm-hmm. And he said unto him. Oh my Lord. Wherewith shall I. Save Israel. Watch him. Behold. My family is poor. In Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. You see how he looked at himself? He looked at himself and the people that he was involved with and connected with as being poor. And Manasseh means forgetfulness. He couldn't remember what God really was to him. You see? So when, 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 when the angel told him to go and deal with Israel, Bring him up out from under that strife and confusion known as the Mennonite. He started making excuses. Well, he ain't the only one did it. Moses did it. Hollering about he can't talk when God told him. You know, there's always an excuse. God tell us to do something. I'm going to pray about it. When you hear somebody say they're going to pray about something, they ain't going to do nothing. You might as well go about your business. That's just another way of saying they ain't going to do nothing. And the sooner you learn that, the better off you are. I'll pray about it. But you hungry now. I'll pray about it. But you broke now. I'll pray about it. But you hurt now and you need something to get it off you. But I'll pray about it. 
That's one of the biggest lies of churches because they don't ever pray about it. They already made up their mind when they tell you, I'm going to pray about it. Because the real soldier of God, when somebody asks me to pray for him, I go to praying right then. I don't wait. You want prayer? Okay. Old boy asked me one time. Old preacher. He dead now. He was playing with God, Brenda. Up there in Gaffney. I want you to pray for me. We got ready to pray for him. He started asking for money. I said, I thought you wanted to pray. If it, hey, I ain't got no problem giving nobody no money. I don't have no problem with that. I don't care what you're going to do. That's your business. God didn't tell me to investigate what you're going to do with nothing. He told me if somebody asks, and I got to give. That's all he told me to do. He didn't tell me, well, I'll go and buy you some food. I'll do this. No, that ain't what the books say. If you got it, give it. And after you give it, you done did what you're supposed to do. Now it's up to him or her. What they do. Stop trying to play God, judge, jury, and executioner. Stop it. It ain't none of your business what they're going to do with it. It don't matter what they're going to do with it. How many lives have been saved because somebody reached into their hand and into their pocket at 2 o'clock in the morning and, 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 and give to somebody in distress? How many lives where they would have went and killed somebody to get it? But we don't think like that. We get all religious and stupid. Religious folk are the stupidest thing in the world. They're stupid. They have no knowledge of God. They have no understanding. They forever learn it, but never come into the understanding of God. That's, I'm, I'm preaching Bible up in here, y'all. And look, when I cut timber and cry timber, if you under there, you hit that's all there is to it. Now, if you don't want to be hit, get out from under there because the timber. This ain't no joke up here. This is life and death. This is serious business. This ain't a church thing. This is an eternal thing with God. This ain't no play thing. See, we, 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 as we get closer to that next dimension, like I told you before, some of us are going to get closer to God and do greater things. Some of us are going to lose it, go crazy, and they're going to start falling off. It's either going to work one way or the other. Better make sure we're in that number and stop playing. Make sure. Make sure. I talked to a man this morning. Better make sure. He's losing everything Fast. Old lady, everything. Fast. Don't take but a second. But you was doing good as long as you under the covering. See, there's something about being under a covering that will protect you like an umbrella when it rains. Oh, you wet if you come out Monday. That's all there is to it. You on your own. Mm-hmm. Umbrella good too when that sun beaming down on that bald head of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some more people got some bald heads up in here. Huh? That sun just hot on that head too. Amen. All right, come on, we're gonna move on. All right. He said down, Oh, my family, verse fifteen. My family is poor. In Manas. In other words, and, and we ain't got nothing going on. 
I got the grasshopper syndrome. I'm hiding. I'm shaking like a leaf on a tree. I'm trembling. You know, life will do that to you sometimes. You think you got it, and then all of a sudden, a train will smack you. You'll lose a job. You'll lose a, you, you, you might lose a leg. You might lose your mind. You lose, and, and, and it'll run you crazy. All of a sudden, you'll just lose it. And if you ain't around the right people, you might jump off a cliff. If the right thing hits you. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you, you keep living. Keep on living. Judges. 6 verse 16 it says, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. See, he's reassuring him now. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as how many men? All it takes is that warrior spirit in you to kill off. If we can ever tap in to that warrior spirit, that one man that's inside of us that can handle this crazy stuff that we're going through and that we're bringing ourselves through. Because 70% of the stuff we go through, we bring it on ourselves by making bad choices. Uh huh. Getting involved in anticipation and all of that kind of crazy stuff that we talked about. Uh-huh. Verse 17 says, And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, here we go, show me something. Show me a sign that thou talkest with me. See, that's the problem with people. They always want God to show them something. Well, you're going to see something. It might not be what you want to see. Show me a sign. Show me a sign. Now, God had already told you what to do. And if we're close enough to God, we'll know the voice of God. And we won't question and holler about, I need a sign. You know? I need a sign. I need a sign. You see? No, you don't need a sign. You don't need a sign, Joe Needed, to know that Miami going to get fought this year by Clemson. You, you don't need a sign for that. That's my girl, man. I, I carry her like that. That's my girl. But you don't need a sign. What, you, what we need is faith. That's what we need. We need faith, y'all. We need it, and we need to activate it. You see? And that's our job. To help build faith in people. We're faith builders. You know? Because that's why the assembly and being in the assembly is so important. Because here's where we draw strength. If you're out there on your own, you are in trouble. You have no one to go to that really cares about you. You've forsaken everything just to have it your way, and now you pissed off because them Minion Knights, you done brought them in, you opened up the door. And they coming. Because they've been waiting at the door, waiting, and they keep coming. They ganged up there, right, like water being dammed up. And as soon as there's a crack, boom. Lord, I know I'm having myself.
said, verse 18, said, Now depart not thence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. So here's what the angel said. The angel told him, look, stay right there. See, when you get to a certain place in your knowledge with God, wait on God till he bring you the next thing. Because he's, he's got to get us to a point before he can bring the next revelation. That's where the line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little comes into play, you know. So he tells him, he says, now look, you need, to, you need to hold up here. And so look what Gideon did. And Gideon went where? In. Somebody say in. in. See, that, that's another problem. We going out, but we ain't coming in. We've got to do, learn how to do some in-reach with ourselves. Because Gideon said, now look. And Gideon, verse 19, went in. And he made ready a kid, unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot and brought it unto him under where? Under the place of strength, and he presented it. Now, that verse there, it said a lot, but here's what it breaks down to. That verse 19 means he had the sacrifice of sin made ready by the word of God. You got that? For this to happen, our flesh must be put in check so that the anointing can take effect in strength within our lives. Do you understand that? We've got to sacrifice sin by the word of God. And for this to happen, we've got to put that flesh in check. And we've got a lot of anointing of God. To take effect in its fullness of strength. Remember I said, you got a warrior. You got owe me a little faith, grasshopper. And then you got the rock of Jesus Christ. In order to get the warrior spirit in you, we got to take this oh ye a little faith, that little shrimp, that little grasshopper. You got to place that thing on the Lord, the rock, the word of God. And allow God's anointing to pour over it and it'll develop us into. See, that's what it's all about. God is trying to take us from the little you to the big you. That's what the Bible is all about. But you can't handle the capacity of it until you learn certain things. Because if you try to put a gallon of something in a quart jar, it's not going to work. If you try to put Atlanta into Greenville, South Carolina, buddy, it's going to bust it, slap out. It ain't going to work. Right? just ain't going to work. So before we can ask God for more, what we need to be doing is asking God to give us the wisdom to handle more. Because that's how we get overburdened and in trouble. Is that right there. So maybe we've been asking God for the wrong thing. Maybe we need to do like Solomon asked for wisdom on how to deal with his people. And forget about ourselves for a minute. Because I guarantee you, if we forget about ourselves, God will remember us more. Because <laughs> he says, more blessed to give than to receive. 
So if we can just start forgetting about ourselves a little bit more, God will probably start remembering us a whole lot more. But here again, we got to learn to do that too. I'm about finished, y'all. Right on time. Hope y'all getting something out of it. Watch this word. Let's go to Judges 20. 620. Judges 620. Over there. Look what he said. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Take the flesh, take the flesh, and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon which rock? This rock. This rock is the rock of Christ. It's him. The word. And pour out the broth, the anointing. And he did so. Matthew 16, 18. Put it up there, please. Matthew 16, 18. Can I get Matthew 16, 18? I guess not. Anyway, let me take it to the Bible. Matthew 16, 18. In Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Peter means the hearing of the word of God. And upon this rock, uh-huh, this word, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you not know that the church, which is the inner sanctuary of your soul, is built by the word of God, the rock? That's how it's built. Do you not know that that's how our souls are built to enter into eternity through the word of God, the rock? He says, upon this rock. But he said, Peter, thou art Peter, which means you got to hear it. He ain't talking about no man. He's talking about your ears opening up. In order for the church to be built and the gates of hell not to be able to prevail against it, he said, you need to open your ears and hear. See, a lot of folk come to church when they don't hear what they want to hear. You got them all over the world. They'll close their ears. And when you close your ears to God, you up death alley. Death waiting on you. The best thing you can do is keep your ears open to God and pray that God will forgive us for the mistakes and the sins we make. Because we don't make them. That's why I don't like self-righteous folk. That's why I don't take my church all over the place where y'all get contaminated by a bunch of food. Y'all have been out through young. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. Some of you that got good sense. Some of you don't know the difference between spirit and ghetto. I was down last week at a $50 million church. And I'm looking around. And I'm thinking about how blessed House of Destiny is. I wouldn't give it up for the world. They can have it need that crap. You know what I need? I need a big $50 billion soul to be built. That's the only thing I'm concerned with. I ain't worried about, I don't care. Hey, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. Hey, if one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand, how many can we put to flight? See, I don't care nothing about that. As long as you learning. Because you can have a house full of fools that ain't learning nothing. And I don't want to be around them with all them damnable spirits. I want a clean house. That's why we try to keep it straight up in here. 
Because folk come up in here, they want to feel clean. They want, they want to feel protected. Verse 20, verse 21, last verse. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff. He extended the power. You see, in that message, there's always an extension of God's power. Look, God don't send you, listen church, God don't send you a message without his extended power in it. But you got to receive it right for it to touch you. He said now, the Lord, he sent forth, and, he, and, and the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, which is in his power. See, God passed the power on to the angel. The angel passed the power on through the message to us, to Gideon, to the war spirit. And say amen? It's, it's like a relay, y'all. We're running a relay. All right. And he touched the flesh of the unleavened cake. And there rose up, watch what happened. There rose up fire. Where did the fire come from? Out of where? Who is the rock? The word of God. Because Christ is the word, right? See what happened? Put it back up there, son. See what happened there? And there rose up a fire out of the rock. Uh-huh. And consumed what? Oh, boy. And the unleavened case. And then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight because he didn't need to do no more. He, he showed Gideon the sign that he asked for. Now Gideon is convinced. Are we convinced? Are we, are we truly convinced? You know? Now the next time I speak, if God tarries and allow me to tarry, the next time I speak, we're going to go in to the second half of this. After what takes place after you learn how to be bigger than yourself. See, there's something else to this. But you see, you can only handle so much at one time. See, I want you to eat, eat this. You can eat too much and get sick. You understand? So go chew on that a little while. Learning how to become bigger than yourself. Go chew on that. Meditate on that, children. I'm serious. Meditate on that. Because it's in us all to be great. God placed it there. But greatness comes with a price. And greatness comes without selfishness. You got to put others before yourself. As long as you put yourself before God and before others, it ain't going to work too well for you. I've been... In the evening time, rat folk dog. I've been working on my yard a lot. Because the Lord said, now you got this pretty girl in your house. Now you need to make it complimentary, your yard. You understand what I'm saying? So I've been, I've been you know, I mean, now I'm making it look right. You know, I'm putting more effort in it now than I ever have. And I'll sit out there at night in the cool, in my chair, and I just look at what God has done. Not what I've done, but what God has done. I got cars I don't even drive. Got a home that I can't even use all the rooms in. Got more clothes than I'll ever wear. Just everything is in overflow. 
But the most enjoyable thing that I got is the peace of God. And you can have all that. Man, I want to be at peace. Because I'm not always at peace. Sometimes PTS get to me. How about you? See, I'm a war vet. I get, I, I get a little antsy sometimes. I deal with that. I'm not always the easiest person to deal with, but I've learned. I'm learning as I'm a tool to be better, you know, and not to take it out on them. I've learned how to shut up. Say what, Eddie? Happy, happy wife, happy life. Amen. I'm gonna close on that note right there. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Y'all crazy. Y'all jump.